Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness and hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but having due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, my own son after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given the wine, no striker, not given the filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast. The faithful word as he had been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Amen. 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 I thank God for Jake's prayer. Sort of was like a lead in to this. Precious Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the people of God. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I can go all the way back to chapter, verse number one and start, but I would never get anywhere. I would never get anywhere. But look at verse number two in, in Titus chapter 1 it says in in hope of eternal life that's that's the hope of the believer in hope of eternal life not just life see the unbeliever their hope is in life they want it right now they want everything right now eat drink and be merry you know i want to i want to hit the lottery i want it right now paul paul wasn't a right now kind of guy paul says in hope of eternal life which god that cannot lie promised before the world began. Before the world began. Jump over to jump over to verse six. Here's what's happening. Everybody wanted to be a preacher. Everybody wanted to be a preacher. Everybody wanted to be a preacher. Everybody wanted to be a, wanted to be a pastor. Paul. Paul says everybody ain't supposed to be pastors. And Paul's way of doing things is 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 similar to to how he dealt with 
how he dealt with the Corinthian church where everybody wanted to speak in tongues. What Paul, what Paul would do in, in all his teaching, he would put down the criteria. He said, here's the criteria if you want to be a pastor. Okay? You, you just can't wake up one day and say, you know, I want to be a truck driver. You, you just can't go into the truck station over here, wherever you go, and say, you know, I want to drive a truck. What's they going to say? What are they going to say? Where are your credentials at? Where are your, you got a CDL? Are you qualified? How much driving experience do you have? You, gotta, you, you just can't do it. Paul said to the Corinthian church, and now, now, now it's, it's pretty simple. He said, everybody shouldn't be in here speaking in tongues. Okay? And if we just use the Bible, it will stop. And I just want to use this as a correlation. In 1 Corinthians 14, 26, watch, everybody's speaking in tongues. We come to a church like this, you know, and everybody here is speaking in tongues at the same time. You know, we ain't taking a break. Everybody just running around. Y'all see it. It happens in churches all over, all over America today. I heard one preacher tell 10,000 people, he told he had a church of 10,000 people, everybody just start speaking in tongues. That's not biblical. And, and, and if it's not biblical, we shouldn't be doing it. Everything we do, everything we do in God's house should line up with the word of God. Okay? And if it doesn't, y'all know the answer. Should be doing it. So Paul walks into this church, and I'm just using this to explain how he's going he's to eliminate all these folks from preaching, speaking in tongues, and he's going to eliminate a whole lot of folks from being pastors and bishops and elders. Watch how he does it in 1 Corinthians to the tongue speaker. He says, how is it then, 1 Corinthians 14, 26, how is it then, brethren, question mark, when you come together, Every one of you have a psalm, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Mm -hmm. you, 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 do you feel the sarcasm there? Paul, Paul is really just saying, y'all just playing. Okay? He's saying that what you're doing isn't being done to make other people better. It shouldn't be, be it shouldn't be done. Okay? That's what we do what we do in church. We you know, we, you know, I'm 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 prayerful that, that my preaching and Bible study teaching is making you guys better. Not that, you know, I, I'm the top teacher. It's for the edification of the church. Amen. Amen. You guys should be getting stronger and getting more knowledgeable of, of the word of God. Let's keep going with this. He said, if any man speak in an unknown tongue. Now watch how Paul shuts this down. Because it should stop. But the tongue speakers, they, they, they will fight you too for now. He says, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or the most three. Okay? And that, that by course. That means one at a time. And then now here's the game changer here. And let one interpret That'll shut it down. Amen. I've never heard a tongue speaker have anything interpreted. Okay? Not a one. Okay? Now, watch this. But if there be no interpreter, okay, 
Now, 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 a, a lot of theologians that would teach this say an interpreter would be a prophet. A prophet would have been coming into that area and would have been present at the time that these unknown tongues were being spoken. And that prophet having a relation with God, being God's called man, would interpret whether this had come from God or not. So he's saying if there was not a prophet there to interpret, watch this, let him keep silent in the church. Let him keep silent in the church. And let him speak to himself and to God. Okay? And you ain't got to be audible to do that. Okay? And then he says in verse 29, I'm going to close. And let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. That's the word. Shut up. Okay. Listen. Everybody... Want to be a preacher? Titus one and six. Now, 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 we're going through the commands of God. Now, as I go through the commands of God, I, I'm not in. I'm not in control of what commands in the Bible. I, I'm, God called me to preach the word. Okay, this one just came up, and the command. The command is found in verse nine. Okay, remember we talking about holding fast. A command to hold fast. That's found in verse nine. Holding fast. That's a command. God is commanding us as believers to hold fast the faithful word as it has been taught. Hold fast to it. Holding fast to it means what? Keep it. Don't let nobody come and change your mind about it. Okay? There, there, there are, 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 are words in the Bible or lessons in the Bible that can't be changed. That we need to hold fast to. And I'm sure we can think of some scriptures that we hold fast to. We all should have some Bible verses that we just cling to. Okay? Paul saying hold fast to the faithful word. But we're going to start at verse number six. He says, he says, because all these folks line up, they want to be preachers. They want to be preachers. He said, I got too many people. Let's, 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 let's set a criteria. Let's set a standard, okay? Let's set up a formula or a method where we can decide who is who. And this is not just for this church. This is for all the churches. These were circular letters. What Paul wrote to, to, to Titus, these were letters that were passed throughout all the churches in that area. So it wasn't just a set, set for this church. This church was sent to another church and to another church. And they said, this is how we determine to choose pastors. Imagine that. You got all these people that want to start that start up churches. And they said, well, how do we determine who's going to be a pastor? Well, here's the criteria. OK. And here it is. If any be blameless. Man, that jumps right off the page, don't it? If any be blameless. Somebody say, what are you talking about? Blameless. There's none righteous. No, not one. If any be blameless, he's saying if any man who's a, who desires to be a pastor, there can't be people out there who could legitimately bring a charge against this person that would hold up in court. Now, we're going to be charged. We, you know, the, the, one, the, one, the one song I, I wrote down, some of it, he said, listen, lied on, cheated, talked about, mistreated, been used. Scorn, been up, been down. See? You got something coming as a believer. You're going to be charged with something. But blameless, blameless, biblical blameless means this. It means that this person 
who have who who use who wanting to be a pastor, a bishop, or an elder, all the same. He it means he's wholehearted. He is wholeheartedly involved in ministry. It is important to him. Okay, he not he don't have anything else on the side that's taking up a lot of his time and passions and and and, and commitments. So we, so we we got we got pastors that that are mayors of some cities. Now it would be hard to be the pastor and the mayor of the same city Amen. because that job as mayor is gonna is gonna pull you. Okay, you know, we have pastors, our senators and commissioners sitting on the school boards and stuff. Now, I know there are a lot of pastors on the school boards. I don't know how long I can stay on the school board if they told me that I have to teach critical race theory or if I would have to teach that a boy can be a girl and a girl could be a boy. I'll be they be I'll be out. Amen. The deputies would be there as soon as they brought that up. Amen. Say, get this fool up out of here. He can't be on our school board. Or school board going to be radically changed. We got pastors who, who coach Little League football. Let me tell you all something. Nothing wrong with Little League football. I'm not condemning Little League football, but Little League football is on Sundays. Now, now I, know, I know that a lot of churches where the pastor preach once a month, twice a month. He on a convention. He got to go to the convention. He got. He's out of town. He's on a fundraiser. He, uh, he, you, you understand what I'm saying wholeheartedly? It means something. See, see, a lot of people, little people, say, "Oh, the church don't mean nothing because it don't mean nothing to the people." It's got to mean something. Amen. He got to, for him to be blameless. He got to be devoted to God. God called Noah blameless. What's Noah blameless? Not in the sense that did he not in the sense when people say, well, he wasn't blaming, he's sin, he got drunk and all that. Listen, that's he was totally committed to God. Okay? Just because you're totally committed to God don't mean you're not gonna have some stuff. That's what I'm talking about. But your stuff is not bigger than your commitment to God. Abraham was called that. Amen. Abraham was called that. Abraham was called. The Bible called him blameless too. He was perfect before God. But was he perfect? No. Let me give you this one. David. God said that David was a man after his own heart. Was he perfect? He was blameless. You know why? Because after David had his issues with Bathsheba and stuff, you can read the Bible all you want. You won't find nothing else on David. Okay? Watch what David wrote. See, see, only, only the blameless man could write Psalms 26. Was he blameless? Was he perfect? No. Well, watch what he wrote in Psalms 26. I'm going to read this because when I read it, I, when I read it, I was like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Because folks, see, see, I understand unsafe folks don't want to be judged. That's, I mean, their mantra, their mantra is judge not, judge not, judge not. True men of God. True woman of God want to be judged. You know why? Because why? when the world judges you and the church judges you and the word of God judges you, it judges you to get better. Okay? It judges you to get better. When you, when you, if you go to the Olympic Games or some type of event where there's judges 
and, and this is your first event, you can go over and talk to the judges. And the judges will tell you if they're good judges, they say, here's where you need to get better at. You know, maybe your backflips weren't strong enough or whatever. Okay? Here's David. This ought to be our prayer. We ought to, we ought to be able to relate to this as Christians. Now, when you, once you start talking to me, well, you shouldn't judge. You know, y'all judge me all the time. I don't have no problem with it. I really don't. Point it out. I'm going to try to get better in that area. This is legit. I mean, if you just hate me, that's different. I ain't never going to be right in your eyes. <laughs> Here's David, Psalms 26, 1, talking to God. See, imagine you can talk to, you can talk to a regular man. He's not going to see what God sees. But when you go to God, when you go to God, I mean, y'all hear me say all the time, if, if your relationship is right with God, the horizontal doesn't matter. The horizontal don't matter. If you parallel, worship is good, your praise is good, and God is looking at you and saying, you know what, I know you got your struggles, I know you got your issues, but I know you love me. I know you love me, and I know that you're faithful, and I know you're committed. You know, I ain't worried about what the horizontal say. Okay? David says, judge me. Here's David. Judge me. How about that? How about that to the folks that say, judge not? David said, judge me. He says, judge me, O Lord, all-knowing, for I have walked in my integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, prove me. Try my reins and my heart, for thy loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. How about that? How about that? I was listening, I was listening to, 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 to Jake pray, and, 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 and some of this, I, I heard some of this, because I already know this, these verses are in, in, the, ser- in the sermon. Here's, here's what, watch this. He says, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to walk a certain way because I represent you. Somebody said, we the only Bibles. Some people will ever read. We as close to Christ as some lost folks will ever be. When we walk onto our jobs, we walk in our neighborhood, we walk in all these, we walk wherever we go. We, we are, are all God to them. Paul said we are his ambassadors. How about that? Remember, to think about that next time you go out shopping. I'm an ambassador. I represent God wherever I go. And somebody talked to you. I had a guy get mad at me. He, he wrote this long old letter and talking about his marriage and, uh, and all that he had done. And, his, uh, and, I'm, like, and, and I'm like, you, you, you wrote that much? You could write that much about your marriage and how you so happy with your wife for 37 years and never mention God or Jesus Christ or his grace, mercy, and love? You ain't staying together with nobody, you know, 40, 50 years without God. Amen. Not in the same house. Somebody got to know the Lord. David said, I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go with dissimilars. He said, I hated the congregation of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. David said, I will not sit with the wicked. Think about that. Think about that. What's he, what's he, what's he, what's his point? He don't even want to risk he don't even want to risk being contaminated. Blessed is the man who walks not in a nor sits 
nor stands, excuse me, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scorners. You got to be careful. Amen. When you walk with the Lord, who you sitting with, who you standing with, and who you walking with. David said, I hated the congregation of evildoers, and I will not even sit with them. We don't like that. That's a little bit too dogmatic, okay? David, Paul, Paul, Paul writing, he says, not only, not only does he, must he be a certain way, this, 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 this pastor, this wannabe pastor, he got to be blameless. Then he says this. Now, this will end a lot of the conversation. Verse 6. He's, he's got to be the husband of one wife. How about that? One wife. One at a time. One wife. And, and not only he have to be the husband of one wife, he has to be, he has to be faithful Amen. to one wife. Amen. Okay? Let's not leave that out. You can't be blameless if you're not faithful Amen. to your one wife. Amen. Christine, look at me. That's some serious talk. Because you know when you when you when you when you looking at becoming a pastor, you know who they want to see? The pastor wife. I, I've, I've seen pastors wanting to be pastors so bad. They take their wife. This just happened in Youngstown. They took their wife to the to the church interview with the with the clergy board, whoever was doing the processing, knowing that they was going going through a divorce. But the wife sat up there and they played the game. And then as soon as they called him to be pastor, two weeks later, the divorce was final. And you know what? He you know what they did? They, they got rid of him and he sued him. And they had to pay him a year's salary. That'll get to the last point of, one, of, of this lesson because some folks just want money. Yeah. That's shameful, ain't it? A husband and one wife. Having faithful children not accused of riot or unruly. Okay? That means your children can't be the baddest kids in the church. <laughs> They can't. They can't come. They can't come up to Jackie and say, "Jackie, you need to come down to the, to the children's church because your kids is tearing it up." <laughs> Jackie saying, "It's being who they are." But you understand what I'm saying? They can't be crazy. You can't have crazy kids. Somebody said that's too much. What's the kids got to do? I'm talking about little kids. I ain't talking about grown ups. He said the children. He said children, the children should be brought up how? In the fear and admonition of the Lord. If your children can't be, aren't being brought up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, how are you going, how are you going to minister to the church? Okay? If you can't control your kids, how are you going to control some of these folks? Verse 7. Now, I'm, I'm going to step this out. Verse 7 is verse seven is really, really interesting because Paul repeats it again. See, anytime, anytime the word of God starts repeating words, that means it's important to what he's trying to, trying to get you to understand. Paul says again in verse 7, he said, For a bishop must 
be blameless. That's, that's, that's the word of God. He must be. That's a command. He must be blameless. He ought to be who he says he is. Now, now they're doing background checks on pastors. Okay? They're doing background checks. Now, now not only are they doing background checks, they, 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 they fingerprinting pastors. Then you got to take a drug test. Why? And a credit check. Ain't that something? He must be blameless. Why? As the steward of God. That word steward means he has been assigned to do the work of God. Amen. He's the steward of God. That means that mean God is his boss and, and, and he is called to be a steward of God. Now watch the second part of this lesson of verse 7. Not self-willed. That's an interesting word there. Not self-will. Okay? That means he, he's not one that's going to do what he want to do. Okay? He's not going to twist the word of God. He's not going to make it fit the situation. He's not going to compromise the word of God when, when he knows he's going to offend some of his good-paying tithe folks. Okay? He's going to preach the truth all the time. Not self-willed. That's right. In season and out of season. Not self-willed. How about that? Not doing whatever he want to do. Not preaching whatever he want to preach. Sometimes you got to preach what, what God may, you may not be comfortable with. Amen. Okay? You may preach something that you're dealing with your own self as a pastor. Guess what? Not self-willed. I can't preach that because that's, that's, that's where I'm, I'm weak at. Preach it anyway. Okay? Hmm. Not soon angry. Man, he weeding it down, ain't he? There's some angry folks out there. There's, there's, you know, there's stories of pastors getting in fist fights. Fist fights with folks in the church. Fighting with folks in the church. Okay? This is a different kind of person, ain't it? Not soon angry. Not a hothead. Not giving a wine. Y'all see these things? How this is working? See the self-will person say, well, you know what? I can drink. The soon angry person say, well, you know what? I got my anger under control. Just as long as nobody get up under my skin. Okay? Okay? And then the, then the wine drinker say, you know what? I can drink. I'm, I'm okay. Okay, I can have a little bit. Okay? And then the, then the next one here, watch. No striker. How about that? You see how they're working together? Self-will. Nobody going to tell me what to do. I do what I want to do. Somebody tell you what to do, you get soon angry. Okay? And then if somebody tell you what to do and you get soon angry after you've been drinking wine, guess what? You get pugnacious. You want to knock somebody's head off. Not you. And then it says this last one here, which I highlighted, is really interesting. Not given to filthy lucre. You know, you know what Paul's saying there? 
This man got to be a man of God because if you love money and if you preaching for money and, yo, and, and everything, you, everything that you have is based on what you're getting from preaching, guess what you're going to do? Guess what the tendency is to do? Because I'm not saying all preachers do this. But what's, what would be the tendency? To preach what brings you money. To preach messages that don't offend people who got money. Don't offend people who may be giving you money. That, and that could be, be devastating to, to the church. Because now it will limit what you have to say. Because somebody might not want to hear it. And somebody may you may you may have you may have a one of your deacons who may be the most womanizing fool in the church, and you need to preach on that. But you don't want to you don't want to mess with him because he got so much juice in the church, he can get you fired. That happens, happens, and it has happened. Okay, you 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 may you may get a you may get a group of people coming in your church, LGBTQEFYZ. I ain't messing with that because they pumping in some money. I don't want to mess with that. Or you may have some some people in the church whose kids are LGBT. I ain't gonna mess with them. I don't want to. Now you see what you're saying. You, you got that 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 list of sermons is getting smaller and smaller. Okay. And now you got to pay the LGBT organ player a lot of money because you got to keep the people happy. If you don't if you won't get your money. That's filthy lucre in a nutshell. It's it's a lot to that. It's a lot to that one piece there. Preaching for money. Let me read what let me read what <clears throat> this one guy said. I'm just gonna read it. William Burkett. He he one of the guys on online that I that I listened to and, and read. He says this. He says, For filthy lucre, he said, to feed the flock for the sake of the fleece. For the sake of the fleece and to take a living only to get a living is a horrible thing. He said to be driven into the ministerial office by necessity is bad, but to be drawn by covetousness is much worse. Did y'all understand all that? Okay. And there's preachers, people coming into the ministry right now because they, they just, it's a good paying job and you ain't got to do a whole lot. Okay. Here's Peter. I'm almost done. Here's Peter, 1 Peter 5. And then, see, this is nothing new. This is nothing new. And, I, and this is nothing new because he, Peter, Peter says something that you can't do. You can't do. You can't have a ready mind if, if, if you are consumed with alcohol and covetousness and, and, and you got anger issues and, and, you not, and you're not faithful and you're not blameless. You cannot preach with a ready mind, you know? Imagine, imagine being a preacher. I say, a lot of stuff I say because I know. Okay, imagine being a preacher, Deacon Jeremy, and you got a side chick. Think about it. Think about it. Now I, I'm just saying that because that's a, what. Imagine, imagine a preacher that has a side chick, and the church know it. What if the church don't know it? What do you think the side chick going to say? Uh-huh. You don't take care of me and give me my money. I'm coming to that church and I'm going to act a fool. Uh-huh. Ain't 
That's some serious stuff. See why has it not happened? Come on, y'all been around for a while. Maybe Jake and Jackie ain't been around that long, but to know that, but some of y'all been around, y'all have seen it. Sometimes she remembers sitting right behind the preacher in the choir. Now, with that said, watch this verse. Watch this verse. First Peter 5, 1. Watch what Peter talking because it's always been an issue. Then y'all probably ain't never heard that preach like this before. But I, I got to preach the Bible. The elders which are among you, I exhort. The elders which are among you, I exhort. Paul, Paul that word exhort means I encourage. I, I'm trying to make you stronger. I exhort who am also an elder. Paul said, Peter said, I am also an elder. So I understand the, the, the work of an elder, the, the, the hardship of an elder, the pain of an elder, the loneliness of an elder. I understand all that. And then he says this. Peter says this, something none of them could say. And a witness of the suffering of Christ. Peter was an eyewitness to the suffering of Christ. And then watch this. And also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. He just gave his credentials. Remember when, when Peter, Peter, Peter said, I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you. And, and, and Jesus said, before the cock crowed three times, you will deny me. And the cock crowed the third time. Peter went away weeping bitterly. And then when Jesus arose and Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and, and Jesus said, go tell the disciples I arose. And Peter, as close as he got to it, he said, I'm a, he said, I'm a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. How about that? How about that? And then he gives this, and now he gives this command. We talk about commands. This is a command to the elders. That's what I am, an elder. I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a bishop. Not a bishop like the bishop, the big time bishops, y'all know. We associate pastors and bishops as different. But in the Bible, they all say, all the same responsibility. Here's our responsibility. Verse 2, watch this. Feed the flock of God, which is among you. I, 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 listen, I ain't, worried about, I ain't worried about feeding all these other churches around here. I want to make sure y'all get it. Okay? That's my responsibility. God has assigned me here to preach the word of God to the flock. That's all y'all going to get. If you don't like the word of God, that's all you're going to get. I don't have nothing else. Preach the word of God among you. Watch. Taking oversight thereof. How do you do that? Not by constraint. I can't make none of y'all come here. Y'all volunteers. That's all we do. We volunteer, we come here. And you know, that's it. I can't sit here and call nobody up and say, you need to come to church or are you going to kick you out of church? It made no sense, would it? They already ain't coming. Only I can plead with them, come, you need to hear the word of God. Not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre. Not for filthy lucre. Can't do this for money. You couldn't pay me enough. Seriously. Look at the last one. Look at the last point of that. With a ready mind. What's a ready mind? What's a ready mind? 
Margaret said, a made up mind. Uh, absolutely a made up mind, a ready mind. This person is, this person is happy. This, this preacher is cheerful and happy. He's looking forward to, to preaching and teaching. You know, and I, y'all, y'all, I've, I've been to church. Let me stop putting y'all in my mess. I've been to churches where, you know, you show up for Sunday school and the pastor 15, 20 minutes late, come in unprepared. Seven o'clock, eight o'clock, start at six, done at seven, no matter what the Spirit of God is saying. Okay? No. A ready mind means, a ready mind, cheerfully and promptly. He says we are to labor in this work and not under the influence or the desire of gain, but from the prompting of love. That's what a ready mind. You do this because you love him. I, I sit there and I and when working in nursing homes. You could tell the difference. You could tell the difference between an aide and someone who is a loving aide. You can tell the difference. Some folks just doing it because it's a job. Flipping the people around, wiping them off. And, All right, done. Then you got somebody come in there that love them and care for them and tenderly take care of them. And, and, and I, I was with an with a aide the other day and, 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 and she just sat there standing next to the lady bed holding her hand. Just holding her hand. The lady was just screaming out, screaming out. She screamed, help me, help me. And she came in and immediately everything calmed down. And she was just holding the lady's hand. I said, how long would you hold her hand? She said, as long as I have to. Amen. How about that? How about that? As long as I have to. That's, that's the difference. It's the difference. It would be different for, for me to show up and, 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 and teach a, a Bible study class and just show up and teach a Bible study class. Just show up, uh, you know. That's what they pay me for. I got to be here. Uh. Okay, I hope y'all get this. I got two more verses. Stay with me. I like this one here. Verse number eight. But a lover of hospitality. How about that? A lover of hospitality. A lover of hospitality. You know what? It would be, it would be impossible to be a preacher, to be a man of God, to be a child of God, not to love being hospitable. Love the company of being around people, being around the people of God, being around people that love the Lord. That, I mean, that's just that's just it. Stop by. We're here. We, we love you. I mean, one of the things that Cindy and I wanted to do when we first came here, don't want people to leave. I don't want people to leave. When church is over, I don't want y'all to leave. I just run out of the door, you know, like NASCAR, yellow, green, orange. As soon as I say the benediction, Bible's a shit, everybody out the door. Be like, oh, it's like gone quick. Folks don't do that. Shouldn't want to do that. She want to be around him. Just let's talk about life. Let's just hug on each other and talk and, and talk about talk about your kids. What your kids doing today and, and how you feeling? All that kind of stuff. We can. We, this is this is the day of the Lord, not the hour of power. We don't hear an hour. We gone. People like that stuff. We in and out. We in and out. My, you know, I love our church. We in and out now. And then we'll preach 10 minutes. A lover of good men. I like that. A lover of good men. A lover of good men. You know, one of, one of the signs that you are a man or a woman of God is because you love good people. And you love the church. Here, here's this verse we covered. And, I, and, 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 and we covered this verse. One of, the, one of the evidences of you being saved. One of the strongest evidence of you being saved. Somebody would say, well, you know, 
I don't drink no more. I don't cuss no more. And, you know, I don't go to the club no more. No, 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 no. One of the strongest evidence that you being saved is found in 1 John 3, 14. Watch this. Watch this. Paul, John writing to these, these believers. He says, he said, for we know that we have passed from death to life. How about that? He's talking about from spiritual death to spiritual life. Okay? How do we know that? Because we love the brethren. When we lived, when we was unsaved and unspiritual and ungodly, we didn't love no Christian folks. At least I didn't. We didn't. We didn't love no church folks. Church was the farthest thing from our mind when we was, when we was unsaved. We ride by and throw a beer can in the church parking lot. Didn't care about the church. Now that we saved, guess what? We care about the church. How do I know? We give our money to the church. We spend our time in the church. People come to this church and say, this church is clean. Okay? My brothers, my brothers talking to me the other day. They pay, they pay their I, I don't want to say this because I want Margaret and Ann to leave. But they pay they people to clean the church way more than we do, and they church is filthy. I walk in there and look, man, church should be just like this. Can't pay them. That's love. That's love. Listen, and love of a good man, sober, just, holy, and temperate. Listen, when we get to heaven. When we get to heaven, think about the church service we're going to have up there. Think about the people we would be worshiping with. Think about that. Think about, you, think about you, you, you run into people, and they're going to all tell their testimony. Here, here I, I, just roll, I, just, I just start writing, just start writing. Some of the people we're going to meet in heaven. I'll we'll meet somebody say, all I did was touch his garment. She said, all I did was touch his garment. How about that? Leper will be up there saying, you know, he touched me and I told everybody. Even though he told me, I, to, I told everybody, okay? Zacchaeus, I was in a tree. He called me. By name. I came by night. And somebody else said, well, I was in a fish for three days. They just be telling these stories, man. You know, you got to have a story to get to heaven. You can't be like, well, what happened? I, listen, listen, listen. I was heading down Damascus Road when he knocked me down. Y'all know these stories because these, these, are, these are precious. When he said hold fast to the, to the, to the word of God, these, this is the word of God. I was bent over 18 years. Shoot, I was sitting at the, two, at the pool for 38 years. See? 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 One crumb saved me and my daughter. How about that? I was caught in adultery and now I'm saved. I was blind. I was born blind. How about that? Two people talk about blind. I was blind, but now I see. But I was born blind. Then you get some big ones. Heavy duty ones. I was dead for four days. How about that? How about that? I was heading to the cemetery. Remember Jesus? Was, the man was going to the cemetery and Jesus touched a casket? How about that? Here's my favorite two. I hung on a cross with Jesus. Top that. <laughs> I hung on a cross with Jesus. How about that story? He gets all the exciting stuff to me. 
And then the centurion said, I watched it too. I watched it too. So with that said, listen. Titus 1-9, watch as I close this wonderful verse. Holding fast the faithful word. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. That he may be by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. Gainsayers are people who don't believe. Now here's the faithful word. I'm close. I'm serious. I'm closing. This is a faithful word. I added two. I added two to my list. I, I, had, I had three. Now I added two. Y'all know the three. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Faithful word. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. Faithful word, hold on to. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. My two additions. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation for the Jew first and the Greek. And this last one. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's a command. We need to know some stuff. I know Ariana already knows some verses. She knows some verses now. She ain't going to tell us in here. But she already knows some verses because she's being trained to train to learn the scriptures. Because we have to do it just like a child. Learn. Because we can apply these. Folks, folks that come up to you all the time, they go, you can lose your salvation. You can lose your salvation. And you know what you tell them? You know what you tell them? For by grace, I would say, through faith and not of myself. Not, it was a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. I didn't save myself, and I can't unsave myself. Okay? Jesus said, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. Now watch this. This is, this is one saved, always saved verse. People, ah, listen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever that believeth in him should not perish. Mm-hmm. How you going to lose something? Where is losing your salvation in that verse? Nowhere. That's right. Nowhere. Nowhere. Precious Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the people of God. Thank you for us enduring a hot day at the office. Amen. But Father God, one, one thing for certain, two things for sure. We're not going to spend a hot day at all in all eternity. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this church and we thank you for the people of God. We thank you for the prayers. We thank you for the songs and we thank you for your word. And we thank yes, you for Lord. giving us the strength and the desire to hold fast to the faithful word that has been taught us. Amen. 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 Amen.